Good afternoon. Good morning. Mark Johnson from Loyalty360. Hope everyone's healthy, safe, and well. Welcome back to Loyalty Live. Uh, Loyalty Live is our twice a week series where we talk to leaders in customer channel and brand loyalty about some of the challenges and opportunities they're seeing in the industry, uh, looking at uh, the technology and trends that are impacting brands' ability to drive long-term engagement and most importantly, customer loyalty. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Carlos Dunlap Beer. I've known Carlos for a long time, good friend. Uh, I've been a stalwart of the industry for a number of years. Uh, lots of insight he brings. Uh, he's currently the, the VP of Business Development and Loyalty Solutions for Claris Commerce. Carlos, how are you today? I'm great, Mark. Uh, life is good to an old man. How about you? I'm doing okay. Uh, right. Trying to stay sane with uh, all the kids in the house, but aside that, that's good. Yeah, I hear you there. So uh, first off, for those who don't know you, uh, can you give us a little bit about uh, background about yourself and also uh, your role with Claris Commerce? Uh, that'd be good for everyone to know for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so um, I've been in loyalty since 99. It could be 98, but now, you know, as the years go by, I don't really remember all that well. But I've uh, been, been around for a while, so I'm kind of an old head in the game. I've uh, worked at multiple loyalty agencies. Uh, I could list them all, but nobody really cares about all that. But I do think that has given me kind of a, uh, a good and, and probably vast perspective on the loyalty marketing industry, especially as it relates to service providers, what we do, how we work with brands, how one, you know, agency differs from another and all that. So, you know, and I, and I uh, right now I'm at Claris, obviously, and I, I love being here. Um, it's, a, it's a different kind of, of, of loyalty service provider, and then we'll probably touch on some of those things as we go. But I spent most of my, my career in a role similar to the one I have at Claris you know, as VP of Loyalty Solutions. And basically I, I lead the strategy and design of our clients' programs, uh, as well as work with existing clients to continually evolve their programs and offerings to make sure that it, they stay interesting and, and engaging to their, uh, their best customers. And uh, just real quick, just over the years, I've probably consulted with a hundred brands uh, in retail, packaged goods, consumer electronics, quick serve, casual dining, you know, entertainment venues like movie theaters, amusement parks, financial services, beauty products, and a lot of other things. So I, I like to think that, that I have a little bit of perspective on, on customer behavior and, uh, and how to engage consumers. That's awesome. You definitely uh, have been around for a while and said you, you're one of the stalwarts in the industry. And I think that the, the expertise you bring is very unique for sure. Um, Claris, Claris Commerce, uh, kind of a, a, a very unique uh, entity in the space, focused on premium subscription programs, driving uh, a lot of unique programs right now. Can you tell us a little bit about Claris, kind of what you do there and a little bit about the company for those who may not know and just what your focus uh, in customer loyalty is with, uh, with the guys at Claris? Yeah, absolutely. So to your point, we do focus on premium loyalty. That's what we do. And we do it for medium to large uh, retailers. Um, both online exclusive or e-commerce, e you know, e-tailers, and as well as those that have both uh, an e-com presence and brick and mortar. Uh, we provide both the platform and the managed services. So we want to, because our, our job is to make sure that our clients optimize their loyalty program, uh, because it's important to both parties. It's important to them and it's important to us because of the way our financial structure works. Um, we don't charge for, um, 
for programs. We don't charge an implementation fee nor an ongoing management or platform fee. So it's, it's incumbent upon us to get it right. So we definitely partner like a real partner, skin in the game kind of partner because we don't make a dollar unless the program is, is successful and starts attracting and, 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 uh, and maintaining and, and retaining members. So, you know, so that, that's kind of how we work. We have a very different approach to loyalty and uh, it's one of the things that drew me to Claris and that's why I love being here. That's awesome. So can you talk a little bit more about premium loyalty, how it's different from a traditional program, kind of what the benefits are, uh, especially with regard to maybe the financial revenues and kind of the efficacy you see in the program. It, it is definitely an area that's uh, kind of getting a lot more attention, uh, demanding a lot more attention, a lot more interest with the members of Lloyd 360 in our audience, but would, you know, would love to hear kind of how you position it and uh, kind of how you think it's uh, unique in the market. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah. How we position it is that it, it's it's premium loyalty is, is a is a loyalty program that delivers a superior value proposition to consumers and immediate financial returns for brands. I mean, simply consumers they do pay a membership fee in exchange for exclusive and enhanced benefits. You know, the benefits that are are just above and beyond the traditional loyalty program. Again, having designed you know, more than 100 programs, I would say that usually the value proposition for programs are about 1%. You know, if you think about like a 1% cash back, you just want to think about it in monetary terms, uh, as opposed to premium, which is about a 10% cash back. So there's a big difference in spending $100 and getting a dollar or spending $100 and getting $10. And so that's kind of where premium, that's the foundation of premium. Then it has all the other elements, such as instant rewards, free shipping, uh, free returns, uh, exclusive other benefits and such, um, you know, like access and, and things and events. But of course, a lot of those things are kind of delayed these days, but um, they'll be back up and running soon enough. So it's important now that, that, that brands are thinking about more digital stuff, but we'll get to that in a minute. But there are a lot of brands that are out there doing it these days, like Lululemon and the way they give away the free pants or free items, free shipping, classes, and then other elements that they do that are around the, the lifestyle. Um, and then GameStop, Wayfair, CVS, uh, CarePass, uh, Restoration Hardware, are all other kind of examples of, of, of premium loyalty type programs. They're all a little different, but you know, those are kind of examples. That's awesome. Can, you, you talked about Lululemon and some of the things they do. Can you give the, the audience some other examples of uh, some notable premium loyalty programs? Yeah, I mean, there's uh, quite a bit out there. I mean, um, like I said, uh, GameStop is out there. They have multiple levels of, of uh, membership, or just a $19 uh, annual membership or a $15 membership. If you don't want the printed magazine, you want to go digital. Uh, it's like discounts on on games, new games. It's a bigger discount on, on used games. It's a higher like uh, value on trade-ins. Um, it's it's uh, first access to new games that come out. It's those kinds of things that, that make being a member worth being a member. Yep. Uh, another one that I really like, uh, maybe because I had something to do with the design and implementation of it, uh, and I hope they come back uh, is AMC theaters and the Stubbs rewards program. Um, I just think that that one is brilliant in the way it was done because it took a lot of the, the assets that the theater has um, 
that that consumers like me and you and I guess other who others who are like avid moviegoers uh, just you know pay we we pray we place a I'm sorry I know how to speak words we place a uh, a great perceived value on popcorn or or beverages or candy or whatever or assigned seating or first access to movies and and um, and they take those assets and they, they put them in the program as benefits. You order a medium popcorn, you get a large. You order a medium beverage, you get upgraded to a large. You get the VIP line for Premier Plus. So when I go to theater and I want to get my concessions because I'm running late as I usually do and I got like 10 minutes, I can't wait in a long line, I go into my Premier Plus VIP line or my Stubbs Premier line rather. And, um, and I get to jump ahead of those other 10 people over there. They look at me a little weird, but it's okay. I have status. You want to do this, then pay up and, and, uh, and do this. So um, those are kind of examples. And it just shows that it, it's, it's about understanding the value of customers. And it's, it's also about monetizing a loyalty program and understanding that consumers are willing to pay for things they value most. Okay, interesting. So when you look at uh, customer loyalty today, what is the biggest challenge, biggest opportunity for, for brands, for marketers out there? Is it premium loyalty? Is it uh, personalization? Is it uh, kind of creating a deeper engagement? Obviously there's a lot of transition now. So what's the biggest opportunity you see? Well, I still think that one of the biggest opportunities is differentiation and, and, um, and really, really understanding what customers are looking for these days because easy, efficient uh time saving is is key these days even though it seems like we've got nothing but time since you know we transitioned from working at home to living at home right you know most of us anyway um it's uh it's uh it's still important to differentiate and and and, and to make um make the process easy and efficient um i don't you know I think that um, what we found, in, you know, like we found in our, our 2020 data study uh, that we did, uh, that nearly two thirds of customers say their loyalty is like more difficult than ever. So they realize that, and especially when their mind is elsewhere these days. So it's incumbent upon us to, to do things differently, to do things to capture their attention and do things that are in favor of the client as opposed to being in favor of the brand. And I know a lot of brands are, or, or, you know, especially retailers may be struggling to even stay alive and relevant right now. So that's a big ask. So I get it. Um, but it's, it's still the right thing to do. And, uh, if, you know, for most of them who are going through restructuring and chapter 11s and everything else, it's, um, it, that buys them time to do it the right way. Um, and so it's all about, you know, again, a better value proposition and experiences and other things. And I think that that's, that's a way to, to, to take advantage of, of this opportunity we've been given. Absolutely. What, um, when you look at the kind of the state of the landscape right now, can you name a brand or maybe a few uh, that you think are doing an exceptional job of creating customer loyalty and, and, and why? Yeah, I, you know, I already mentioned AMC theaters, but they're kind of down right now until, you know, we'll see if they even make it back. I hear conflicting stories. Um, but you know, Starbucks is traditionally just awesome at what they do, uh, even though it's not a premium loyalty program, but the way they understand customers, listen, evolve. Hell, I remember it was, um, 
like three years ago. So if I'm thinking it's three, that means it's probably five or six. But, uh, you know, that they, they went from the, you know, almost like punch card style loyalty to, um, to going on value-based loyalty because a, a Vente uh, coffee is not the same value as a Vente caramel macchiato. You know, it's, there's, there's, you know, the price points are probably, you know, $1 versus $4 or $2 versus $6, you know, so putting the value on the value of the customer and, and, and the revenue they bring in and is, is more important. They made that switch. A lot of people thought, oh, you made a big mistake, but they did the right thing. And then now I think they're, they're continuing to listen and now they're evolving to the point they're looking at different payment apps, uh, options in their app. So you don't have to preload your app you know, with $25 or $50, which was one of the things I would never do. So I, I stayed away from the Starbucks program. It didn't benefit me much because I wasn't willing to preload dollars. Uh, so if they're looking at this change, then they might win me back as a, as a more frequent customer. And then I talked about Lululemon and, and what they're doing. And then the fact that their brand is, their, is, is about the lifestyle of their customer, mostly women. They have some men's apparel going on now and other things, but it's, it's all about uh, supporting the lifestyle of, of, the, of the healthy customer, healthy woman and, and some men. Um, so it's, um, you know, I really like what they're doing and, and they're, they're, they're putting, you know, good efforts uh, behind that. Absolutely. You mentioned uh, AMC and, and uh, as a brand that you're loyal to, are there uh, other brands that, that you're loyal to uh, and, and, and why? Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> it probably says a lot about me, but I guess the first brand that I'm loyal to is Maker's Mark Bourbon, <laughs> you know, because I just love it. I love the bourbon. I love the way they communicate with me. Um, I love the way they present their product. Uh, the program is awesome just because it, you know, I'm able to, you know, put my name on barrels. So I'm on my second barrel right now, which takes some years to, uh, to, to uh, go through the process like seven years or so. So I'm ready for barrel number two to be hatched in about two years. Um, they, every year they send me some kind of branded reward, actually multiple times a year. They send me like branded bourbon ball makers or, or, or scarves for my bottles or whatever else. And I think that's pretty cool. Plus, I think I was really, really um, cemented as a, as a loyal maker's mark. Uh, customer uh, when I took the tour of the facility and uh, did the whole tasting and, and understanding how it was made. So I think that, I think that's pretty cool. It doesn't mean I drink exclusively Maker's Mark bourbon because I, I like to kind of spread my love around and taste others, but Maker's Mark is most definitely my home base. That's where I come back to. And, and one other brand that I really like is like Apple. Um, I was sold the first time I had an iPhone, then I got a Mac. And, uh, and then I just, I just think it's really cool because of the ease of use of the products, the fact that it gives me a connection or rather a tethering to my wife and my four daughters, the functionality, they've also brought in music, Apple Pay, Apple TV. I mean, it's just, uh, it's a brand that, that I can get behind. I don't know if they need to come out with a new product every, you know, six months or so, because I'm not buying stuff that often, but but uh, you know, I get the need to to continually innovate. Absolutely, yeah. Those are some great examples there for sure. When you look at COVID nineteen, uh, very disruptive. Uh, you talked about retailers having uh, financial challenges and 
reorganize, reorganizing and, and, and filing for uh, kind of protection in some capacity. Obviously, uh, we don't know what's going to hit from one day to the next. But when you look at COVID, you know, how is it impacting your clients? But more importantly, how have you, Claris Commerce, really helped them address these challenges, help them navigate the waters and, you know, build uh, better customer loyalty through it? Yeah, um, well, obviously, this, this, this journey hasn't been easy for any of us. Uh, but I think it's been better for those of us who were focused on e-com and focused on uh, digital experiences. Uh, so we, we've helped our clients shift order volumes to, you know, from offline to online channels, um, you know, including away from phone. Some of our clients are kind of old school catalogers and they get a lot of phone calls, but still a lot of, a lot of that, that uh, volume has shifted to the online channel. And, and they were prepared for that, so that's good. Um, we've helped them with, with targeting and marketing campaigns that are specific around understanding and being compassionate about what we are all going through and not just about pushing product. So I, I think that that's, that that's huge, and I think the, the way in which uh, premium loyalty programs are set up allows for that. So, um, so, I think that it's 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 important as a as a group that we that we focus on loyalty and engagement and retention and and not be so so set in just selling product and 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 then a couple of examples is of of how it's not going so well for me is I get a, almost a daily I get a, an email from Southwest to say hey take a forty nine dollar flight you know. And today I got one that says convert your travel funds, you know, into points. I'm like, why would I do that? And why do I, I can't schedule a flight right now. I have no idea when I'm going anywhere. You know, it's just, that's not really the sensitive kind of message I'm, that I'm, that I was hoping for. Um, you know, like I got one, also I got today was one from PetSmart that talked about preparing for uh, dog separation anxiety and, and getting back to routines like the crate routine and other things. And then at the bottom of their message, you know, so they had videos and things to read through. And at the bottom they had, I know they had highlighted some deals on toys and crates and other training aids to help with the suggestions that they made. So I thought, I think that that was the, probably the way to go, uh, the better way to okay. go uh, in this environment. We actually had a question on, on the YouTube channel uh, from our friend Rich Long. Rich wanted to know, um, can you speak to the coexistence of a brand premium loyalty program along with the traditional points program, like a Panera or AMC, right? How do you integrate them? How do you make them work effectively? And, and, and what's the, the key to making them work so well or making them work effectively? Yeah, I, I would say I wouldn't think about them as two different programs. I think about it as one integrated program and making the premium tier uh, just that a, a premium tier, you know, maybe that's your diamond tier or whatever else, but it requires a, a, a fee to join it. Uh, some customers, if they're really, really good customers, you might want to kind of grandfather them into it or pay the fee, their first year fee to give them an experience. So what it will do is obviously up the value proposition for those members. They will see more earnings, more opportunity, more access, more benefits. Um, but they definitely exist and can exist well together. Um, so the strategy, so then the decision is, do I 
launch with a free program and then bring on that premium tier. But if you already have a free one, then yeah, you just bring on the premium tier. The other way is start with the premium tier as AMC theaters did many moons ago, kind of 2010-ish. Started with a premium tier that did gangbusters. They had like 2 million members in the first year. And then they, they then launched a free tier a few years after that that got a larger swath of consumers, but the premium, uh, the premium membership premium program never, you know, died out and then stayed strong. So, you know, there's just different ways of going about it, but, um, you know, they definitely can coexist. Okay, great. Um, it, COVID obviously uh, been uh, impactful. We all know that, you know, can you talk maybe about a brand or two, it could be a client of yours that has successfully you know, reinvented themselves or reposition themselves during this. It could be, you know, uh, buying online and, and picking up curbside or even repositioning the, the brand. I was talking yesterday with a, an entity that uh, was doing UV lighting and how they've repositioned their whole uh, cleaning business. So we give a couple examples about some brands that are reinventing themselves or repositioning themselves during COVID. Yeah. Um, you know, the, um, <clears throat> There's a few things. So one of our clients is Shop HQ, um, and they, you know, they have a traditional premium loyalty program working right now. I should say traditional, but they have a premium loyalty program right now. One of the things that is they're they're looking to do is to make ways for members to be members, even if they're not premium loyalty members, and still get some kind of extra benefit for being a Shop HQ customer and loyalist. Uh, so. You know, we're working with them on that. And I think that that's, you know, that's the right approach. Don't, don't penalize them. Look for opportunities to engage with them. Uh, the client that, uh, a brand that isn't ours, but they are a partner of ours, is Walmart. Uh, and I just think they're doing a, a good job with the, you know, buy online, pick up in store. They're really working hard to, to figure out how to make uh, the, this new environment work for everyone, keep their employees safe. You know, keep the consumers safe by the way they, you know, they they manage the aisles, almost kind of like one one way aisles, like a one way street. You right. know, social distancing mark distancing distancing markers, and um, and keeping, you know, just keeping the the, the health of of everybody uh, in play. And I think that's pretty cool. I do I do have one other example. Um, so I had this experience last week um, where I had to take my dog to the vet. She, she was uh, due for her um, kennel cough and some Bordetella and whatever else. And so I made the appointment and I was told, hey, just pull up and call us when you, when you get there. So I called up uh, when I pulled in the lot. And usually when I go to the vet, there's like one or two other cars in the lot. Uh, this time I went, there were like eight or nine other cars in the lot. I didn't really count, but I thought, holy moly, there's a lot of people here. And then as soon as I called, about two minutes later, someone came out from the staff, you know, grabbed my dog out of the back seat, took her inside, did the do, they gave her two shots um, and, um, and clipped her nails, brought her back, put her back in the back seat, took my car, went in, uh, ran the charges, gave me my car back, and I was out in 10 minutes. 10 minutes, a drive-through vet visit. I'm thinking, man, that's awesome. So my thinking is we as service providers, as, as loyalty professionals and thought leaders, as well as the brands, 
man, how can we come up with ways that make that kind of experience more routine? You know, that makes it easier, more efficient, more, you know, just actually more satisfying in a sense. Um, and even if I have to give up a little bit of, of a value proposition, I'm willing to do it uh, for that kind of experience. So I just thought that was really cool, really unique. And, uh, and I would bet that uh, Family Hospital, which is my vet here in St. Louis, I bet they've seen an increase in business because of it. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I had the same experience. I had a puppy about uh, a month and a half ago, and we took him for his first shots a little behind. Uh, two weeks ago, they did the same thing. Came, got him, got both the dogs, and in and out. And they actually let us go uh, kind of run some errands, and we came back an hour later, and everyone's done. So I think it definitely helps uh, uh, from a service perspective. You have to wait that that hour in the in the kennel, which is nice. Yeah. Um, what one piece of advice would you share with brands, you know, who are looking to enhance their customer experience, uh, you know, strategy, customer engagement strategies right now? You kind of talked about personalization. You talked about relevancy. What's one piece of advice that you would, you would give marketers today? Wow. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's one piece, but I would, I would say that consider the customer above all else. I mean, we've been talking about this for a long time. I mean, you know, if I only had a dollar every time we talked about customer centricity or put the customer first or whatever else, but, but really that, that's the way to go about it. I mean, I just think that we are missing opportunities um, to, to really engage with customers and really, really drive that loyalty because we're not, we're not paying attention to the data. We're not paying attention to the trends. We may not even be paying attention as close as possible to the current environment. And I think there's this opportunity, um, especially in difficult times like these, to, to do it better. Right. And what are some of the things that your, your clients, the brands that you work for at Claire's Commerce, are asking uh, from you right now or maybe asking from some of your other uh, kind of uh, friends in the industry? What, what are some things that brands are asking for right now in their customer loyalty efforts? Um, Discounts, <laughs> even though we don't charge a fee, so we don't have to necessarily give a discount. But uh, brands are hurting. A lot of them are hurting. I mean, a few of them are still rocking it, and some are doing even better in this environment. But a lot, uh, most of them are not. So, how do we help them stay alive? How do we help them with their finances? Uh, they're asking for innovation. How do we, how do we find a way to better engage customers and still keep them coming? And then, and then I would say the third thing would be, how do, how do I maintain my online presence and, um, and, and the, the volume that I'm seeing there, even when my, my stores reopen or you know, some of my stores reopen or however it goes. So they're asking us to be more thoughtful uh, and more um, creative in our pro approach. Uh, last question uh, I think we have uh, is, you know, what's next for customer loyalty? Uh, is new technologies, new personalization, uh, partnerships? What do you think is the next big thing for customer loyalty? Hmm. Um, besides going online and picking up in store and all that stuff, I, I think that... Um, I think the next big thing is we've, we've collected a lot of data over the years and not many brands use it well. And again, I'm not trying to be critical. I'm just, I'm just stating what I see right. uh, 
based off of talking to, to brands. I mean, they have a lot of data, but there's not a lot of personalization. There's not a lot of, of, uh, of targeted, uh, meaningful offers and, and understanding what customers are all about. And that's unfortunate. Um, I also think that the, the second part of that is, I think there's an opportunity to, to innovate with good partnerships. Like this one example, again, uh, just, there's, a, there's a brand I ran across recently called Pickup. And I think you can, you can see what they do. At like, I think their uh, website is pickupnow.com. I'm, I don't, I'm in no way affiliated with them. But the thing I like about them is that they offer like a same day delivery service. Um, you know, for, and they, I think they partner with brands like uh, At Home and Home Goods, World Market, you know, Bye Bye Baby and whoever else. But I think about this in a bigger context. When I, the last time, so I moved in February, bought a washer dryer from Best, uh, not Best Buy, from Home Depot. I had to wait about a week for delivery. It came damaged, had to send it back. You know, Samsung got on the phone. They wanted to send me another one in like three weeks because it was out of stock. That didn't work for me. Had to go back up to Home Depot and, and fight with them. Uh, but actually they were pretty helpful and they just sent, gave me a different model, an upgraded model actually for the same price. So yeah, yeah. But what if when I was checking out, instead of paying that uh, $99 delivery fee and getting it in a week, if they had in their point of sale system integrated this pickup organization and they say, hey, for $10 more or for 125, whatever, they could have said 200 probably, you'll get it today. And, and same day, and we'll call them. We'll, 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 once we put this in here, your address is in here. We hit this, this, uh, this option. They'll be here to pick it up within 30 minutes and have it to your house in an hour. Would you pay for that? And I'm like, yes, I'd pay for that. Heck yeah, I'll pay for that. So I just think that that's an opportunity for businesses to really think about how they can add a better, uh, more efficient, more immediate level of service than... Uh, than what they do today. I just, again, that's just an example, but I think Absolutely. that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah that's a unique, uh, unique perspective for sure. What about uh, the industry? Are, is there anything that we can do, Loyalty 360 can do for you, for uh, kind of the, the technology providers or are there questions you'd like to ask us? Well, yeah, um, I'm just, you know, you, I've talked to a lot of brands over a lot of years, but you talk to a lot of brands right now, a lot of, brands in multiple industries as your membership base. What, what are they asking for from people like us, like a Claris, like a Kobe, an Epsilon, or whoever else? What, what are they looking for that, that we can help, uh, help them with? I think there are a couple things that, that we see. Uh, you touched on partnerships. Um, partnerships are very important for brands right now. Uh, they want to know, you know, how do they kind of expand their customer base with organizations that have kind of like-minded and, and mutually uh, kind of advantageous customers, right? So customer bases, should I say, I think. So I think there's an interest in partnerships. I think one of the things that we continue to see more and more, especially coming through COVID, is some of the technology out there has been uh, somewhat challenging. The ability to set up new programs, the ability to configure uh, new promotional opportunities has been very, very challenging for marketers. So they want flexibility. I think they're looking for new technology options. You know, we're helping brands uh, kind of select uh, new providers. 
so I think that's a big challenge. KPIs, as we know, continues to be a, kind of an interesting one as well. Uh, you know, how do you measure engagement? How do you embed, you know, measure that, uh, you know, customer lifetime value? You know, we're looking at doing some things in that regard. So I think there's a lot, uh, you know, does the technology do what it actually says it does? You know, we have this idea called the logo jungle. A lot of times when, you know, you're presenting to clients, they'll, they'll see the same five logos logos, right? They'll see uh, Starbucks, they'll see, uh, you know, uh, a McDonald's, they'll see a Hilton, they'll see a JetBlue. And like, oh, we run their program. Like, uh, I'm, do you really run that program? So there's a, there's a lot of confusion. They want simplicity. They want to create different engagement and they're struggling with how to do it. So partnerships, but having a community and other brands that they can talk to, I think is very important. And, and simple technology, simple technology that can truly be relevant and actionable and, and configured in, in a timely manner that doesn't, you know, take a, a PhD in, uh, you know, uh, Olean logic to set some of these programs up. I think, I think that's really what we continue to hear, those three or four things. Yeah. Okay. Um, just one more question. How about this? Let me focus specifically on retailers, uh, since that's kind of our niche here at, at Claris. Anything that's different for retailers? Anything that, you know, I know there's a lot of them are struggling, but anything that, uh, that, that you see going on there that might be of note? Yeah, I think it's it's dealing with uncertainty in retail, right? Not knowing if your store in Iowa is going to be open while your store in New York City may be closed or shuttered. Uh, dealing with that, that's a, that's a big piece. And you know, what we continue to hear is the, the balance and communication cadence. So how do you stay relevant and drive revenue, drive engagement, drive customer loyalty, but also have that empathy, right? So there's a balance between empathy and engagement. You know, you have to be sensitive to the employees, uh, the challenges they're going through, uh, the, the changing behaviors you mentioned earlier. So I can't go into, uh, you know, target in the same manner as I may have, because, you know, I might be scared. So how do you, you know, reach out to that person knowing that that person may not want to go in store, that may have to pick up, uh, you know, in, in kind of online or curbside. So I, I think it's balancing the, 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 the empathy and engagement and driving revenue, but, you know, being relevant and personal and, and, and you know, uh, altruistic. I, I think it's very challenging for brands right now, trying to find that mix between the two. Yeah, I agree. And I know I was critical of Southwest earlier, but I guess they still do need to sell seats and, and get people in planes. But yes, it's just, it's, 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 it's delicate tough balance, right? Traveling right now. Yeah, and, and I think it, 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 it. I think one of the things that uh, what's what it's done it, it, is for a lot of people is, is it's truly trying to put yourself in your shoes, right? So it, if conference are canceled or events are canceled, you know, sometimes uh, you know they, they may not have the ability to give everything back to the, the person. So if you pay it forward and 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 try to be flexible, I think everyone's having challenges right now and truly listening to and understanding uh, the customers is more important than ever before. And just, you know, as you mentioned earlier, putting yourself in that person's shoes, whether it's a brand and, you know, uh, or, or a supplier or, or a friend or whomever, it, it's really, uh, I think it's what we need to do as a kind of a, you know, a, a society and it, it's hard to do, but I think we see more of it. And even Lonnie Mame talked about it a few weeks ago, just that whole idea of red shoes living and red shoes rising. It, there's just a great opportunity to do that and kind of elevate the discussion. And most importantly, with, with people like you, truly elevating this industry, I think is, you know, what excites me. And uh, we see a lot of that, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thank you very much, Carlos. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, thank you to uh, the couple people who uh, asked questions on YouTube Live and look forward to our next one. Uh, I think we have one on Friday. And 
Thank you again. Okay, thank you, Mark. See you soon.